0: Hey, Jamie. How are you, Keith? I'm doing good. Yeah, I'm uh not doing too shabby. It was a little bit of a stressful week for me, just work wise and stuff. Or actually, the last two weeks have been a little bit stressful, but uh, things have kind of turned around a little bit and uh, I'm feeling pretty good right now. How about you?
1: I'm old, so I threw out my back. Oh, no. Dude, it sucks. It sucks. I usually never have back problems. Um, and, uh, I don't know, man, last Sunday I did something extremely athletic. Um, I went to go turn my fan off in my room.
0: <laughs> that's how it always happens.
1: Yeah. Well, you don't know how I turned my fan off. Like I could have did like three, like, like I did like three flips. Yeah. And, a, and, a, and and then I turned it off. Living your I did ninja it.
0: fantasy on the way to the fan. Yeah. I get it.
1: I parkour my, my fan turning off. So I was parkouring all over my, my room and, uh, that's what did it. So I, I threw my back out and it was fine. I was like, Oh, that felt kind of weird. And then like, I went on and then like the next morning I couldn't even like get out of bed and uh, went to the hospital and they're just, yeah, you threw your back out. Here's some muscle relaxers, which muscle relaxers are, they're like horse tranquilizers, dude. Like I put one of those things in and I, you can't even like try to stay awake. So yeah, that sucked. But uh, so I haven't been as productive the last like four days or so. So,
0: but besides that, I'm fine. And you're going to have to get a, uh, an echo enabled uh, fan. Just, <laughs> hey, lady, turn my fan on. Dude, so I'll still I don't throw, throw I'll my still, back out. I'll still throw my back out. <laughs> you really throw your head around when you're talking to your uh, computers? Is well, I'll still
1: do the parkour part. And then I'll say, Alexa, hmm. turn
0: off my fan. Nice. Okay.
1: So, yeah. So I haven't been as productive the last four or five days, but I was pretty productive before then.
0: So how are you? Well, nice. You want to uh, start? Yeah, I guess I can start with mine. Yeah, I'll start. I uh, am going to lead off with my usual amount of disappointment <laughs> uh, in that I did not meet my goals. Go figure. But my main reason for not meeting my goals is just that I was uh, kind of consumed by job-job stuff. But that doesn't mean I don't have interesting programming things to talk about.
1: Did you Did you know that your job-job was going to be uh,
0: stressful? Um, I... I thought it was going to be a little bit, I knew I was like kind of cutting it close on a deadline that I had just by virtue of some scheduling stuff I had to do earlier in the course. But yeah, anyway, that wasn't a huge deal. I mean, that was a self-imposed sort of sort of thing that I ended up getting myself stuck into. I did work on my Pokemon project a little bit uh, and I found a bug in. I actually was using a library to import some cards from an API that uh, hasn't been updated since 2016. And this is an
1: Elixir library. Yeah, they have like which an is, uh, like an Elixir
0: wrapper around Pokemon API. Oh yeah, dude, I can just be do like Pokemon dot card get whatever, and it'll like hit this API.
1: Um,
0: <laughs> and it wraps. It uses HTTP or HTTP Poison, which is you know mm-hmm. a standard uh, HTTP library in Elixir, but it, it was like pinned to a, an old enough version that had a weak enough version pinning that it hackney upgraded mm-hmm. behind the scenes mm-hmm. but it upgraded to a version that had a really goofy bug in it and then i couldn't get around that based on the version pinning inside of this library so i'm i'm probably going to submit a pull request to this project that hasn't been updated in four years or i'm just going to like fork it for a brief moment and uh use my own upgraded version of it but i ran into that
1: would you be against taking it over
0: oh no not at all
1: because it sounds like since you're going to be working on it and the person yeah, well i
0: to... it's funny because this thing's going to basically be relegated to a background job for me. I'll Mm -hmm. use it to periodically pull in any new information, but I don't want to have to make API calls when somebody hits my server. Right. So I'm going to have it, you know, upgrading stuff in the background, but yeah, I'll, I'll use it in the back. But yeah, I mean, I wouldn't mind taking it over. It wouldn't be a big deal. And it solves a problem that I was like, Oh, I can, why don't I tried to just get rid of it. I was like, I'll just use poison myself and just hit the api Mm -hmm. right like this will be fine except for it's like it's a bunch of nested uh maps right and they all have like by default json has string keys so it's gonna have string keys and i think when you use json the json Mm -hmm. serializer and you tell it to decode with uh atom keys i'm pretty sure it only does the top level it doesn't do it all the way down
1: doesn't do deep
0: yeah, so I'd, or, oh, no, that wasn't my problem. My problem was that it also comes back and it's like a .NET service or something. So the keys are in camel case. And <sighs> all my code was using this library that had snake cased everything in the process. So I'm like, oh, okay, well, there's, I'll, I'll be able to do this. And I'm like, that's actually a big job to snake case literally every key in this dynamic multi, like super nested hash. Hmm. Or map I am related
1: design i have a related issue with that by the way. oh okay nice um i bring it up later but uh, oh, okay we'll put a pin in it
0: gotcha we'll we'll continue to talk about the annoyances of snake case versus camel case
1: <laughs> sure i mean people okay. are gonna be on the edge of their
0: seats yep it's it's really we should just all switch to kebab case you know that's just <laughs> how it is i don't know what that is but actually uh, kebab case is, is when you put the dashes in it like most languages don't even allow oh that's that right uh like yeah, I I've only heard it in real. I called that using. Yeah, I've heard dash case before, yeah. but I I heard it in kebab case when I was doing some stuff with Vue once, and I was like, that is amazing. I am yeah, I think that. I f-
1: I remember seeing that somewhere where somebody's like explaining like all the cases, and I remember seeing kebab case there. That's a pretty yeah. actually pretty good name.
0: Yeah, I thought so it was great. It's got the I'm skewer. Right.
1: It's got the skewer yeah, going through it. It makes sense.
0: It goes right through the middle. <laughs> So yeah, Um, but anywho, so I ran into that issue and I tried to get around it and uh, eventually I ran out of free programming time for that individual session that I was in and I was like, okay, I'll I'll come back to this later and then I didn't because I was just uh, kind of doing other stuff with work, but that was because I got kind of a little, uh, well, what's the best way. I got a little side tangent thing I did where we're kind of migrating some stuff to Asana for task management. And I worked with Asana um, when I was at Squaremouth doing some automation stuff. We actually had it like pretty well automated to do pretty neat things. And I was like, oh, yeah, we can totally do this. So I wrote like a little kind of library uh, or not library. I added a feature to a Chrome extension that I have. That would take a course outline and turn it into like a bunch of tasks that are like set up dependencies on other tasks and have subtasks in them so like it just kind of lays out all of the work that goes into doing what we do and Hmm. it's it was an interesting thing to work on because i'm like dude this is going to take forever because it it literally takes like probably close to a thousand api calls to do some of like a, a course of significant enough size right And so I'm like, okay, I'm going to have to go about making this all concurrent. So I'm like using a ton of promises and getting it all to like dispatch the stuff as much as I can. Like certain parts need to be synchronous so that they show up in the right order in the task list. But some things can be done completely parallelized. Mm -hmm. So I kind of went down this route and it totally works great, except for it still takes like 10 minutes to do it because Asana's API is super slow. And then after I ran it a couple times, I was like, yeah, dude, this thing is awesome. It's really doing the thing here. And then I got random 500s from Asana just periodically in the middle. And I didn't have like exception handling set up (laughs) with the (laughs) concurrent stuff to where it would like bounce back and continue. And like certain tasks later on have dependencies on other tasks. So if those tasks were the ones at 500, then like you'd run into issues. So I had to go about implementing uh, retry logic in inside of my promises that were interacting with Asana's API and stuff. And I eventually got this thing done and it's, it's pretty cool. It's just really slow. So I, I'm also working on an Asana or an Asana relay service is what I'm calling it. Basically that is an Elixir, uh, backend service that I can just give like this huge payload of like tasks basically, and it will go and kind of do this work for me. And so I'm I'm working on that a little bit too, behind the scenes, using like some task supervision stuff to kind of get the automatic retries on things. If the task of making this individual API call fails, and it's just a little bit weird to think about how I'm like, okay, I need to dispatch these four things can go concurrently, but then inside of them, they have things that have to happen synchronously. Like this step one has to step happen before step two, but it doesn't matter if the third batch is on step five already. So those are kind of the things I've been working on, and it's been pretty interesting. I've been enjoying myself.
1: Is this so? Currently, your job they they do all this Asana work manually. Like, does everybody need to do like put all these tasks in Asana?
0: This is a new thing. Like, we we're kind of moving to Asana,
1: right? But did they do this in like GitHub or something before, or like what?
0: It was it was a little bit more freeform. Oh, okay. Like some people use Trello. Like it kind of depended on the person making their course. And
1: now there's a company like mandate to use. Asana. Yeah.
0: Now we're moving and we're like, oh, right, let's just have a centralized process for this. Gotcha. And so, yeah, I've been helping out with that and yeah, it's been, it's been pretty fun though. Interesting uh, to work on this stuff for sure. It took a little, a few attempts to, it's really tough to build retry logic for HTTP calls into a Chrome extension. <laughs> when you can't control that the thing is going to fail, right? Like, so it takes me forever to test this thing. I'm like, all right, I got to delete this course and generate this new thing. And it goes off and creates hundreds and hundreds of API calls. And like, sometimes none of them fail at all. And I go, well, dang it. Like, how am I supposed to know if this retry stuff fails? I have to delete the course, do it again. And <laughs> there's no, like, cause I don't know how to test stuff inside of a Chrome extension. I'm mm-hmm. like, I really, I don't know what to do here. Like it's one of the, I'm the, I'll, to be totally honest with you, this is my like playground to do random stuff with JavaScript. And uh, it has zero tests because I literally don't know how to test a Chrome extension. And it's never been one of those things I thought was important enough to go invest the time to do it. Mm-hmm. And, uh, yeah. Although to be, to be, I mean, knock on wood, this thing's actually been pretty rock solid. And with all the random stuff I've kind of built into it over time to like just automate little things that I need to do it's it's worked surprisingly well and I've done it in completely vanilla JavaScript. Why is it a Chrome extension? Um, because I needed to utilize some things that are in the page of different tools that I have. And then I wanted to like inject things in and like, I actually wanted to modify the UI and certain things that I want. Like I'm like, it would be really cool if I had a button here that would like allow me to click it and it would do this stuff for me in the standard workflow. So like has that kind of going on for it. Hmm. Um, And at the time, it was kind of the best way. It was the only way I had to get an authorization token, essentially, that is given to the front end uh, application. But like I myself don't have like an OAuth way of going and getting that. So I just kind of piggyback off of that. And that's the main reason why it's a Chrome extension.
1: Gotcha. Is this something that only you're going to use or is this something that the rest of the company?
0: Um, This is something that I built for myself. And then Mm -hmm. eventually over time, I've like other people have been allowed to, uh, to use it to the point that like now most training architects use it.
1: And this is something that you're hosting on some personal.
0: Oh, it's a, it's a Chrome extension. So I mean, just, well, what about the Elixir stuff and all that? Oh, the Elixir stuff. That is like an idea, Uh, right? right? If, if that like makes it to fruition, then I'm sure I can get it deployed on company resources.
1: Gotcha. So the, the Chrome extension doesn't talk to the Elixir stuff yet. You're just, no, no, not yeah. yet.
0: That's like a thing I've been playing with gotcha. because I'm like, uh, this would you. like way, weigh... my big problem is that if somebody wants to go and import a, you know, a bunch of stuff into Asana from a course or whatever, it took, if it takes like 10 minutes, like that's like, okay, make sure your computer doesn't go asleep. Make sure like, don't close that browser tab because literally the browser tab is doing all of the work.
1: Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. Your
0: browser is also restricted to how many HTTP calls it can have simultaneously going, you know. Mm -hmm. So I'm like, okay, I'm going to move this thing off to Elixir and see if I can like just super, you know, distribute it concurrently, like Mm -hmm. create every subtask at the same time. You know what I'm saying? Like, just just go down the line. These don't aren't dependent on anything. You can create them all. And so that's what I kind of want to see what it would look like if I just just throw this thing out there and like supervise some tasks and just spin up like 10,000 uh, processes for it and just let it go to town. And I think it could be one. The retry stuff is like baked in, super easy to do in Elixir. Yep. Uh, there is also a dockyard uh, blog post that I found that was like, oh, if you don't want to use gen servers, you can also do it using recursion because that's something that totally makes sense to do inside of. A, a functional language that has uh, tail call optimization. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, that's cool. But yeah, so there's, you can do that. You can use a task supervisor or you can just create a gen server that kind of does some like its own stuff and spins up its own processes behind the scenes. So there, there are different ways to do it. But I'm like, this just makes sense to to do this. And it should be able to alleviate that situation and if somebody can click this button in the browser it goes off and does this thing and then if you know they have to close their laptop and go away I can just have it send them an email when it's done you know what I
1: mean mm-hmm.
0: like so I think I think that's a better solution but it's going to take a little bit more time for me to kind of architect it
1: that sounds cool man that sounds fun
0: yeah it's been it's been a lot of fun to work on
1: so did you get any any further besides the the issue with the uh library on your pokemon no,
0: that was that was legitimately the last thing i did with it, and that was probably a week and a half ago
1: do you have a name for this for this application you're working
0: so have you ever played pokemon no i haven't
1: okay. i've seen it played but i haven't played it now.
0: okay so in pokemon i mean there's a concept of the pokedex like dex which is like the Excuse collection me? uh it's it's basically the encyclopedia of pokemon like it has all the information about them mm-hmm. um but so in this case but you're building decks like D E C key or C K C Jesus, uh, you know, a deck of cards. Mm-hmm. So I have pokey as my domain name. And, mm-hmm. uh, I think I don't think that's something that the Pokemon company will sue me about as like a copyright infringement, since it's not even though the word sounds the same as a thing that is in their games, but it is not spelled the same and has like a different. So I'm hoping I won't, won't get in trouble for that. But that that's the current name is it's just Pokédex.
1: Is there a? I wonder if there's a dot deck d e c k. There is not. I think I looked. Uh, yeah. I uh, TLD. I, uh, yeah, that'd be sweet. Yeah,
0: just but then it would be poke dot deck. <laughs> yeah because you where you would be putting the period would make it a little well weird,
1: telling so. people what the name what the url is would be would be <laughs> tricky you'd have to spell it out every time
0: yeah so that's I if that's there's a, a dot name.
1: card tld I, I, i'm a i'm infatuated, infatuated with all these new tlds so
0: yeah well i look at them a lot of times and i go okay this would be you know, because the dot coms are so hard to find a lot of times. Dot yeah. are hard to find, like, and which uh, annoys me to no end because almost every single time I'm building something and I'm like, oh, I'm going to go get me this thing. It's like just squatted on. Nobody's actually using it. And that always bothers me. Yeah. But yeah, that's that's just how it goes. But yeah, the new TLDs are great for that, where you're just like, oh, OK, cool. But then yeah. unfortunately, since anybody can create them right with a sufficient amount of money, Like, do you know what the process is to create a new TLD?
1: Uh, yeah. Well, not, not exactly. But I remember reading about what Google had to go through to get like, I think they own like dot blog and they own a couple more, but, um, I think they own dot dev. Yeah. But I know it's a lot of money and then you have to like get, I don't know. There's some, some body, some governing body that approves or disapproves. Yeah. I'm pretty sure I can like this or the
0: people on top, but, um, yeah, you have to pay. And I think it's like, I thought it was just like
1: Al Gore. I think it was just Al Gore.
0: Oh, it's just, he's just like, yeah. I think he he just gets an email that porn should be a thing. So here you go. Um, But yeah, that's, I think it's a non-refundable amount too. It's like you, you spend like it's $250,000. Like like I know it's like, it's at least that much. I feel like, yeah. And then if you get it, then you are the governing body for that TLD, mm-hmm. which means you're the one who makes the money from, you know, people selling it. So what happens is like somebody like went out and paid for this thing and then you'll get these TLDs that are like, oh, yeah, it's fifteen hundred bucks to, to buy right. one of these things. And you're like, oh, that kind of sucks. You yep. it's it's a bit of a bummer. Like, I'll just use the dot net. It's fifteen dollars. Like, right. That's the the current name anyway. And hopefully one of these days it will be, it'll be out the door, but, or at least in beta, I guess.
1: Yeah. How much like, so what's your uh, plans for the next two weeks? Let's make them realistic so we can like, I know, yeah.
0: right? Like, oh gosh. Um. So mine, I'm still like, I didn't mess with the database stuff at all. Cause I was uh, just trying to pull my cards back in. Cause I noticed that I was getting an error and I couldn't actually do anything uh, from the way I had previously been doing it. So yeah, I want to get that fixed. That's that'll be my first thing probably is I want to at least get that client library fixed, whether that's, I reach out to the person and take it over, or at least submit a pull request that gets it updated. I'm going to resolve that issue for myself, and then work on the database stuff. I might not get it deployed, right? Let's 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 take the deployment side out of this. Although I think it'll be pretty easy because I'll probably steal the work that we did on active backgrounds. Nice, but I this is on GitHub, so I'm probably going to use GitHub's like actions to to do my deployment stuff and whatever. So Ooh. that's that's also on my list too, uh, which. I didn't. Ooh, I'm going
1: to steal that from you then because I, I want to move back to GitHub,
0: I think. Yeah, well, That's... the cool thing is the actions, you can make them, you can put them on like the action marketplace and somebody can just install them, which is neat. And it just adds yes. a file to your repo. And yep. so like there's an Elixir one that is literally like, oh, you, you're using an Elixir project. You probably want to run mix compile, mix test or whatever. And so you can be like, yeah, give me that. And then you can take that as a starting point and modify it from there. So like you need to add a database and stuff like that. So I'm going to, uh, go down that route too but
1: and doesn't um, doesn't github have the idea of like these runners like gitlab does now don't they have like
0: uh, they might i don't know
1: some, yeah because i, I that, remember that might reading, be like
0: a premium feature or something yeah
1: or it might be in beta still or something because i remember reading that you can like build on max now
0: yeah and, oh that's uh,
1: cool yeah so then i wouldn't have to pay for the max stadium stuff nice. to build to build this project so
0: okay yeah so i'll, I'll keep you up those are my goals right now i want to Um, update the client library, get my database stuff figured out and deployment will probably be the week after.
1: Nice. All right, cool, man. Two weeks. Mm -hmm.
0: Cool. So tell me about yours, your two weeks, and then let's also commiserate how annoying casings are on variables.
1: Was that the pin we put in? Oh, yes, yes. Okay. Yes,
0: it was the snake case versus uh, camel case.
1: Yeah, this week was, or this last two weeks, we're, we're kind of focused on fixing bugs and getting kind of deployment set up. One bug that was very annoying because you couldn't really use the app was the, uh, when the app went to sleep, it, you would you'd just be disconnected from, from the WebSocket. Mm-hmm. So yep. you'd have to like shut down the app and open it back up and log back in and do all this stuff. So I fixed that, uh, it's pretty, it was actually pretty easy. There's an app state hook in Expo. Mm-hmm. So you can get events when, um, that you can register for when the app uh, goes in. There's like three states in iOS apps. It's active, inactive, and then background. So like inactive happens like when you, like, let's say you, like, um, you know, swipe up to like, find another app. So it kind of puts it in the background, that's kind of inactive. And then, and then like, if you leave that app, then that's kind of the background, like that goes in the background. Gotcha. So it was pretty easy to kind of hook these up. You just basically in expo in, in react native, you had to like push it, push those events down to the the components that really cared about it. Once I did the research and found that out and I, I thought I I probably fixed it. And the reason I don't, don't know is because, uh, when I would deploy the application, it would crash immediately. (laughs) Uh, when I, when I would use it from test flight and what I found, okay, so this was hard to find because, you know, if you're doing it in test flight and that happens, you'll get like one of those boxes like, Hey, do you want to tell the developer about this issue? Mm -hmm. And so I was using, I said, yeah, you know, I don't, I don't know what happens when you do that. So I was like, yeah. Anyway, basically it sends you a, it doesn't send you alert unless I don't have that set up correctly. Mm -hmm. Uh, so it doesn't send me like an email that somebody had a problem. You just kind of have to check.
0: Oh, weird. That, there might yeah.
1: be a setting that I haven't found, but
0: I guess that probably makes sense. They're thinking about it on like large scale beta deployment, probably. Like yeah. You want to kind of aggregate them in a dashboard that you're going to periodically check because you're a professional iOS developer, you know, that right. sort of business.
1: So, but what that gives you is like a, a crash dump. And I'm, this got me like a little scared about like supporting this application because I was crash dumps. I hope there's more information in other ones, but basically it just says, Hey, something happened in the NS Expo controller.
0: Right? Oh crap. Yeah. <laughs>
1: so I'm hoping like there's more information.
0: Gotcha. In so you, it, it only shows you, like it shows you, this is where it crashed in the, uh, objective C harness. that Exactly. You have. exactly. <laughs> Essentially that, uh, exactly. Yeah, that sucks.
1: And I did notice, like, if I would switch over production and I run it in the simulator, so I switch the uh, the URLs and everything to point to production, mm-hmm. in, the, uh, in the debug, in the expo test harness or whatever they have going there in the background, in yeah. the client in the client application, it doesn't actually crash. But you can tell that there's an issue because, like, the timer doesn't show up or anything like that. Gotcha. So it was hard to, like, I was like, oh, crap, how am I going to duplicate this, you know? But what I found... Why it was happening on production and not on development was a data issue in okay. that um, the workflow, my workflow that I was trying to connect to uh, was completed. Oh, right. Because I, I just hit play at one time on my production and I just let it go. Right. So when I okay. opened it back up, that workflow was completed and something in that state that I get back from the WebSocket or probably from the um, connected yeah, from the accounts connected event that gets emitted. Mm-hmm. My, my application doesn't know how to deal with that state and it crashed, right? It's probably looking f- for something and something's null and, and it crashed. There's two issues that I found with that. One, it doesn't, our application currently doesn't emit like a workflows completed event. And it doesn't do that because it wasn't in that um, inflection table I found out. So we have this inflection table like oh, really, the, to get the past tense of something
0: because uh-huh.
1: when like, let's say you, you press pause i 'll explain this for the three people that are listening when you hit pause right we we send back a pause event and then the Elixir server sends out a paused event to all the other and to all the other devices that are listening, so like your Mac app can then pause or whatever so uh, we are sending out a completed a complete event but not the completed event um, so once I fixed that, I wrote a test and got that working but now. Then I was sitting there thinking, okay, well, what happens if a workflow is completed? Like, what do we want to do? Mm -hmm. And I didn't know if we wanted to just use that same process over again for the next Pomodoro, for the next workflow, which is stupid. We don't want to do that. Once once I thought about it, I was like, no, we just want to shut that process down. Right? Mm -hmm. So that's what I started working on. So that when when it gets a completed event, it goes and stops that timer and shuts that timer down. And that's about as far as I got until I busted my back. <laughs> so oh, gotcha. Yeah. So I know what I need to do. I'm hopefully gonna finish that today. There's kind of two things that, that that go along with that is one, clear that timer out. And then two, have the application be able to deal with that state, whether or not they get the completed event or not. But like that state of like no current step or whatever, whatever the issue is there. Yeah. The application has to deal with that. So that's that's like the one remaining pretty big bug
0: that's left. So what's your current idea of what you're going to do to handle that when you have a no current workflow step
1: Uh, on the client side? Yeah. Uh, I don't, I want to see what the shape of that state is exactly Mm -hmm. on the client side. Um, I think I know it, but I haven't really documented it because there's a difference of what the state is in the timer process versus what we actually send to the client. Mm -hmm. And then I have like a workflow reducer. I'm calling it on the client side that goes and like tries to, line up uh workflow templates with workflows and so it's in this nice dictionary um uh, object that javascript can handle yeah. well so uh i have to basically I have to handle what that state is and probably clear that out of cache and then go ahead and do what accounts connected does and start um like have like a blank workflow. Yeah. No workflow in that screen where it's like
0: your first workflow hasn't been started yet. Right. Right. With the play button. That makes sense.
1: So yeah, that's what I plan on fixing. Okay. The next thing I was going to work on, um, Oh, let me, let me talk quickly about what I'm talking about with the, uh, the camel case and the snake case. Mm -hmm. The problem we have in that I have in the, uh, iOS app is that sometimes I'm dealing with camel case and sometimes I'm dealing with snake case. The the times when I'm dealing with camel case is when I'm using the GraphQL stuff.
0: Oh crap, yeah.
1: Yeah. So our WebSocket stuff, obviously there's no like schema or something like that. They can say, hey, this is the shape that I want my data to come in, like you can with GraphQL. Mm-hmm. So like sometimes like the IDs, like the workflow IDs when it comes from GraphQL are, you know, strings with numbers represented as strings. Um, and then they're in camel case. And then there's a few other little odds, odds and sods there. But when you get it from the WebSocket API, it's not like that. So I'm trying to think of a way to, I would like any client to be able to like, say, Hey, I want this represented in X way or Y way. When you're dealing with the WebSocket stuff, almost like specifying a schema. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, but I'm not quite sure how to do that yet. I haven't really put too much thought into it, but I think that's the direction to go to instead of like writing something on the client to like transform everything to the case you want it to, because then every client's going to have to do that. And that just seems like a pain in the butt. Yeah. So, um, I'm wondering if there's like some call or something you can make over the WebSocket, or maybe on connect or something. Mm
0: -hmm. Yeah. You send over like what would you even say? Yeah. Right. Like, do you say camel case me? Right. When you uh, right. send the message over, are <laughs> you, are you specify your language, right? You're like uh, JavaScript and it'll be like, okay, cool. I know JavaScript. Yeah. Is, uh, camel. That's where the camel case homies are at. Right. And, right. Uh, except for <laughs> right. not really like JavaScript's not even consistent in its style.
1: Right. Or you could say like, like what you can do on GraphQL is like, Hey, when I get this type of message, this is the schema for that message. I'm not sure. Yeah. Uh, that that seems like a lot of work,
0: but that does seem like a lot of work. You're basically wanting to be wanting to implement WebSocket GraphQL, Graph which <laughs> is, is totally a thing, right? I've never messed with subscriptions. Yeah. Uh, but I don't think it would work for this anyway. Yeah. So yeah, that that's complicated.
1: Yeah. It's it's not something that obviously needs to be done right now, but it's just something that um I'm getting like all these because of prop types and React. You know, you always get these errors like, hey, it's expecting a string, but you give it a
0: number type of stuff. So.
1: Oh, really? Yeah, because the IDs and stuff, right? They're oh, integers yeah. when they come over.
0: Yep. yep. From, yep. So, yeah. So that's, that's a nightmare stuff right there when you're yeah. dealing with just inconsistencies between those yeah. various types of uh, responses that you're getting back.
1: The other thing I could do is like have GraphQL semi camel case, but that sounds that's icky as well. I think you
0: mean snake case,
1: snake case. Yes. Sorry. Yeah. Gotcha. So GraphQL. Give me the snake case version, but my next goal is to work on the sounds stuff that I was, I was mm-hmm. going to work on uh, before, before I blew my back out. I was on, I was on uh, the right path to get that done, but you were on pace to, to I was on get pace, the but then I had to parkour my fan <laughs> title. So yeah. And so I'm going to finish that. And then I have like one, eh, I'll say a few more big things to do before I consider like the iOS app, quote unquote, done mm-hmm. before I start moving over to the, web, to the Mac app. So my goal is, and I'm going to state it right here on this podcast, All right, is to get the iOS app done. Um, meaning like you can log on, log off, you can, um, switch workflows. You won't be able uh-huh. to edit, edit yeah, workflows. Yeah. Yet. That's kind of
0: the big one right now. It's like, yeah. you only have one workflow that you can use in that. Yeah. And it, it sucks for testing
1: right and it sucks for testing. Like I have to wait till like all these Pomodoro's are done to like, get like the workflows completed, you know, event.
0: Oh yeah. So you can't, you don't have the ability to be like, Oh, I have this super short workflow that I've built that is like only 15 seconds long. Exactly.
1: exactly uh, Yeah. And there's a lot of considerations too to like, say, when you switch a workflow, like what happens? Mm -hmm. Like, can you switch a workflow in the middle of doing a Pomodoro or, you know, your current workflow? Yeah.
0: Yeah. This is that's a funny one, because it depends on who you talk to, I would think. Right. Mm -hmm. Like, my idea is like, if you switch workflows, you can that last one, you just cancel it right where exactly and say this is where it was cut off.
1: That's what I was thinking, too.
0: Yeah. Cause I don't, I think it would be really weird to reconcile like, no, you just pause the workflow indefinitely. Yeah. And I'm like, eh, I don't know. Like it wasn't really a workflow if you did a billion things in between one step to the other.
1: Yeah. And we've built kind of the back end and I've built kind of the client to allow for multiple timers. Mm-hmm. That's not going to be like a V1 ability, but that those yeah. kind of, that does ways work though. Yeah. Yeah. I
0: yeah. remember because the Mac app had the ability to list and let you switch different uh, workflows. Last time I was working on it and uh, I was like, Oh, I, look how cool this is that you can like kind of do that. I think, I think you've changed the schema for how things are returned back from mm. the API now. Cause mm. remember we had that whole discussion about like, should it even be returning like workflows at the, in this certain structure? And like, that's where the workflow reducer came in. And I don't think I ever worked that stuff into the Mac app, but yeah, mm. Mm. I remember that being a concept, but yeah, it's, it's a little weird on iOS, right? Like, yeah, it almost feels like it shouldn't, shouldn't have things going on in the background, but that's just because you're only really ever going to see one prominently, but that doesn't make sense either. So yeah, I guess, yeah, it makes sense to have multiple going on, but you might not pause it. Um,
1: yeah, But I think I am going to like do what you said is, Hey, it's just going to, it'll probably say, are you sure? And then it'll cancel the the current one and and start off with a new one. So we'll have that. And then the other big thing is to um, be able to create, I think I'm calling them like workflow step instances or or whatever that like running workflow is Mm -hmm. and stats on like, on what that was. So like when you started it, you know what events happened during it did it pause did you you know and when did it end and then those will be stored in the database right Uh, and then it'll also have like a a project and a description to it so you can say hey i worked on this and i did this um and eventually that will plug into like your time trackers and stuff
0: oh so you're going to work that into the actual um workflow itself like the workflow step
1: yeah. Yeah. I'm not oh. going to I'm not going to do the integration yet, the plugin for like the time trackers.
0: <laughs> yeah, that makes sense though, like because you were talking the last time we spoke about how you were kind of running into this weird thing with plugin state and how you mm-hmm. were kind of opening Pandora's box for like anything to be stored in there, but if you have the notes be part of it and you're kind of controlling that as a thing and then plugins can read off those notes potentially, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. then I think that kind of makes it a little bit more safe and kind of restricts the scope back a little bit so that you're not building for v1 like the super dynamic you know right. ui builder with custom states on the plugins and stuff right. like there's there's a lot of weird stuff that you can get into but i think to get it out the door this is like a really good first step
1: yeah so those are kind of the two biggest big things that i want to get done and i think i can i can get them done in the month of march and um, and then move my concentration over the mac app so
0: you i think you were going to tell us a date that you are going oh, to have. Oh, I'm sorry. But, the end of
1: March or the beginning of April 1st. I'm, I'm my April plan. 1st. Is to have, okay, so is April to Fool's have, Day. Yes, yes. Always good to plan stuff for, April's, for April Fool's. April Fool's the
0: best day to say, "Hey, I'm launching this thing." It's
1: the be, exactly. It's the best day to be on the internet.
0: Yeah. Oh God, April Fool's Day. I hate it so much. Uh-huh. But, but
1: yeah, I'm not going to like launch anything. It's just it's that's the day I want to complete. Okay.
0: Yeah, that makes sense. That's a, that's a good goal. So. You have the whole month of March to patch up these things, implement some big, big features Mm -hmm. and uh, get yourself to a really usable spot. That sounds good. Mm -hmm. Cool, man. So anything else? No, I think we should wrap this up. We're steadily getting longer as we go on. Our podcasts have been getting, I think if we keep it under 45 minutes, I'll be okay. Um,
1: Yeah, I, I'm fine with like having a couple long ones and short ones. I, I don't think we should cut it off at some random period if, if the conversation's going conversation's going
0: but yeah and i think yeah. we ha- had some good conversation this time around so cool man well great to chat with you yeah it was, it's been good try not to parkour and hurt yourself anymore in the next two weeks but i parkour. will talk to you in a few weeks parkour <laughs> bye